It's only been two games that we've seen out of Aaron Bradshaw, but if he plays like he did against Penn, then the Wildcats should have very little front court concerns heading into the SEC slate. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. You can go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. That is Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be discussing Aaron Bradshaw's performance against the Penn Quakers. Also going to be recapping uh, that game since I did not get a chance to do that over this weekend. Finally back, it has been over a week since I have recorded an episode for you guys. Obviously, a lot of pre-recorded stuff has gone out since then, but I'm excited to get back into the swing of things. Still uh, under the weather after after a, uh, a pretty uh, major, uh, major uh, health uh, event for me, so we'll try and knock this one out. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I want to remind everyone out there that we are free and available on all platforms. Let's go ahead and and get into what I thought was an incredibly impressive performance against the Pennsylvania Quakers. 81-66 to was the final score in that game, in case you did not get to see it. If you did not get to see it, this episode is going to be perfect for you. But I wanted to start off today's episode, instead of talking about the whole, which I think that were some positive things to take away from this one, a lot of positive things to take away from this one. Kentucky scoring 81, rebounding offensively. Aaron Bradshaw coming off the bench and playing 29 minutes for the Kentucky Wildcats. We'll look at a stat line that I want to dive into what he did in this one. He was 7 of 12 from the floor, finished with 17 points, 11 rebounds, a steal, and three blocks, again, in 29 minutes. He was also 1 of 2 from beyond the arc. I said before Aaron Bradshaw even touched the court a couple of games ago, that we should not, as Kentucky fans, expect him to be as statistically efficient as some of the other players in this rotation because not every single player is going to come out there and light up the world offensively. You look at guys like Rob Dillingham, who are, sti- or Dillingham, who are still shooting over 51% from three. Reed Shepard, still shooting 61% from the floor, 59% from outside the arc, averaging 13 points a game. Wagner's numbers are starting to get just a little bit better. A player like Justin Edwards, his numbers are getting just a little bit better. Overall, you look up and down this roster, and you've got some pretty efficient shooters, including Antonio Reeves, who's shooting 50, uh, 51% from the floor, 43% from deep. You've got some really good shooters on this roster, and my... My concern was that whenever we got to see Bradshaw take a step out there, he wasn't going to be able to fill it up as consistently as some of these other players. In fact, I did not think that he was going to be utilized heavily for the first few games at all. And I I was concerned that the fan base would then therefore criticize him for not being quote-unquote good or quote-unquote ready 
uh, whenever it was just, it's just normal, uh, I think, development compared to the pacing of some of these other guards that the Wildcats have on their roster. But Aaron Bradshaw in his second game, uh, it, Kentucky had to, uh, I think, rely on him a little bit with the way that Penn wanted to play down low. Very aggressive from some of their players. Um, I was really impressed with the way that they tried uh, different things in this game that we'll get into later. But Bradshaw down low was able to collect those points and was able to physically impose his will at different times. Now, it was not consistent. Obviously, he's going to need to grow a little bit. He's going to need to mature and develop a little bit here. But I was impressed with some of the things that I saw early on from Aaron Bradshaw against Penn. You got to see him fight for some of these rebounds in awkward spots. You got to see him finish at the rim in transition. That's something that we talked about that was going to be, I thought, a big part of his offensive game once he does finally settle in to this uh, to this squad here, and he's able to kind of get his bearing, or uh, which he seems to have already uh, started to get a hold of. But to go for 17 and to have 29 minutes, I think is a little bit of an overshot of where I expected him to be, again, like I mentioned, for these first few games of the uh, of, of his uh, career. Now, I, I think that we also have to have the conversation about Trey Mitchell not having statistically the most phenomenal game. He was 2 of 7 from the floor, had 3 turnovers to 4 assists, had 9 rebounds, um, but, uh, but just a couple of bad turnovers in this one from Mitchell. Um, not not like end of the world play, but just not not a good game from Mitchell. How much of uh, Bradshaw's production came in lieu of Mitchell's poor play? Uh, I don't know. Maybe we won't see Bradshaw score seventeen again this season. I'm not saying I'm not saying that we he won't. I'm just saying Kentucky's got right now so many other pieces on this roster that can go and light it up, that can go and score the basketball. That while I'm going to give Bradshaw his praise here and and I'm very impressed very impressed with his debut and the aggression that his, that his 7 foot 1 frame brought to the Wildcats down low um I also want to point out that hey this may not happen consistently just because he scores 17 once does not mean that we should hop on some sort of bandwagon and and say certain ridiculous things and I don't. I'm not saying that I've seen anything. I'm not saying that I've uh, I've been uh, watching anybody online say anything ridiculous about Bradshaw. I just want to go back to the refrain I had before he started playing, which is that he's very very talented, but he's also very very young, and he's getting thrown into the fire. What now? Eleven or excuse me, nine games into the season, he's going to play against North Carolina uh, this Saturday. So just just. Be excited. If he continues to play well, we will continue to hype him up. And then this will become a, a non-issue. But understand that everybody on this roster, these freshmen, has taken some sort of, sort of really impressive step forward, whether it be statistically or some individual things that we've seen happen on the court um, that have brought value to the team. Obviously, DJ Wagner uh, in his defense and just what he is out there being a huge example of that. But Bradshaw, I, I just I want to be I just want to be patient. I just don't I don't want to be like oh and here's another guy that's going to average twenty five a game for Kentucky. Why don't we just come on? I, I'm very excited, but also let's just let's watch how it pans out and let's watch him 
develop because I think at the end of the year, he's going to end up being a pretty special player. Played very well, very well against Penn uh, this past Saturday. Speaking of that matchup, I want to actually get into a recap of that game because I've not actually gotten a chance to talk to you guys about that one in case you didn't get to see it. We're going to discuss some of the good, some of the bad, and what Kentucky should be thinking about moving forward. Before I get to that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. It's what brings home the winning trophy, and it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. And eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. And with all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. You can keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That is eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. All right, continuing along here on the Monday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Lance Dahl, hanging out here with you. If you have not subscribed to the Locked On Kentucky YouTube channel or podcast feed, wherever you are tuned in, I would really appreciate it if you went ahead and did that. Join the club. It's been a lot of fun here over these past few weeks, um, seeing a massive surge in growth on both ends. I'm really, really excited to get this season kind of going here as we get Closer and closer to SEC play. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to want to join up. Uh, Subscribe wherever you are tuned in. Okay, I want to dive into this Kentucky versus Penn game because I really do think that there were some very positive things to take away, but also I do have some criticisms. We'll start here briefly with what I just discussed. Aaron Bradshaw, 17 points, 11 rebounds, double-double in his second game as a Kentucky Wildcat was physically imposing down low at times. He was one of two from three. Both of them were wide open shots, good shot selection. Um, The second one, uh, I wish he could have had back. I I guarantee if you give him a second shot at it, um, it's probably going in. I'm just a little too strong. Um, But yeah, Bradshaw played well. He he, he knew his role um, offensively, and he did some really good things. Rob Dillingham was the other player that also impressed 17 points off the bench Three, three of five from beyond the arc. He only had one assist to three turnovers, but he had three rebounds, a couple of steals as well. Um, was not distributing the basketball a ton in this one. Uh, actually, Kentucky wasn't distributing the ball uh, a whole lot uh, statistically in this one, um, even compared to Penn and compared to some of their past uh, games here. But that's that wasn't not, that wasn't necessarily a massive issue, or it wasn't it wasn't really an issue in this one at all. But Rob Dillingham got downhill, made a couple of shots, missed a couple of shots as well. Um, overall, I would say that it was a very solid performance from the uh, the individual there and Rob Dillingham. Antonio Reeves had 16 points on 7 of 13 shooting. DJ Wagner uh, had 9 points on 4 of 9 shooting. He also had 7 assists just to, uh, to only 2 turnovers there. Um, and those were the three guys that, that were, uh, were there in scoring, that were impressive scoring the basketball. Overall... As the game progressed, it was sort of kind of a... It, there was never a point where Kentucky, until late, established 
like any sort of consistency when it came to the flow of the game because Penn's not a bad team and they were able to fight back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And it was kind of a game of runs where Kentucky and Penn were kind of deadlocked there for a portion of the first half. Then you got to see Kentucky make their move and you got to see Penn make their move and respond and cut it to, I believe it was to back, back down to 10 points at halftime, and then they cut it to five early in the second half, and then Kentucky was kind of able to, you know, regain themselves, and then Penn came back, and it was just kind of back and forth, back and forth until late, where Kentucky did end up pulling away in this one. Again, at 81 to 66, the final score here. I'm impressed with the fact that Kentucky, unlike last week, was able to withstand some of these runs from the opposition and then they were able to close out the game. Which is kind of weird, considering this one was at a neutral site, and the previous one, uh, previous contest, the loss to UNC Wilmington, uh, was at home in Rupp, and you were simply not able to do anything defensively uh, that would have given you a hope in that one, or stop the bleeding, or stop those runs. Um, but I was impressed. I was impressed with the fact that Kentucky showed a little bit of resiliency um, against what I think is a a well-coached team. I don't think that Penn is a great team by no means, but I think that they definitely have a little something there and they are well-coached. I think that once you look past the pacing and you look past the, you know, the uh, overcoming uh, the adversity, you start to get into some of these different negative things that I want to talk about today, which is which revolve around Kentucky's defense. And I was talking to somebody watching this game, and we were having a conversation about the different miscues and just the lack of direction, it seems sometimes, that Kentucky has, especially down low. And no team is ever going to be defensively perfect. No team is. But Kentucky, for nine games now, has been caught sleeping consistently with their rotations and their switches, and it leads to open baskets that should not be there. It leads to open baskets both at the rim and away from the rim. And there were so many moments in this contest where Penn was able to get a little back cut, uh, backdoor slip, and it was just open. Or if they wanted to drive down to the hole, and run, run a set to, to clear somebody up to do that, there was no help. Kentucky was just not there to, to even try and recover. And I understand the fact that this is a young team. I understand the fact that there are going to be growing pains. We've talked about this. But now that we're nine games into the season, and none of this has improved, in fact, it's gotten worse at times, I think we may just have to accept that what I said, and I'm not, I, 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 did not, I did not say all of this just to say, hey, by the way, I was right about something that was not that shocking. Um, it's not like it was a difficult thing to predict. Um, I think this may come back to what I said at the beginning of the season, which is Kentucky will be a very good offensive team, but they, just, they may just not have it on defense. They may just be okay. They may just tread water. And that's fine, I guess, as long as you don't have nights like UNC Wilmington consistently, 
you can only really have that happen. I would say maybe once or twice again this year. Um, you've got to be able to find a baseline uh, for your performance here uh, on, on the offensive end, I'm saying. But defensively, Kentucky continues to get beat on different different uh, sets consistently. And it's not, there's no trend where it's like, it's an extremely tall team and it's an extremely athletic team. It's a very efficient team that's doing these things to them. It's kind of themselves. And you look at the players that Penn had in this one. Um, Slatchert was obviously um, one of the big problems here. Their leading score, 17 points. Um, Nick Spinoza, I believe that's how, uh, Spinoza was... <laughs> was probably one of the least athletic big men I, I've ever seen uh, that was able to do so many different things because of the fact that he was just physically able to kind of push people off his spot and was able to get around them. Uh, I was impressed with uh, Spinoso and his play. Only had 10 points, four or five shooting, though. Had five assists, four blocks, a steal, nine rebounds, and uh, he was not, you know, intimidating, but just physically kind of pushed Aaron Bradshaw around a little bit, pushed Trey Mitchell around a little bit, and was able to get his and got to the foul line a little bit as well, was two of five there, um, did not shoot very well um, from, from the charity stripe. But Kentucky's got to be able to find a way to stop the bleeding just a little bit just a little bit. And I think we have an answer to that. I think we have an answer to it. And I want to talk about that. I want to talk about what the solution to this problem could be, or at least a half solution. Because I don't think this is ever going, this is not going to fully become resolved. Like I said earlier, Kentucky just may be okay on defense. But I, I think that there is a way that you kind of fix part of it. Before I get into that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Price Picks. I have actually been using Price Picks quite a bit recently. Really loving what I'm doing with different NFL games. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's literally just you against the numbers. It's a lot of fun. And so instead of battling thousands of other players, pros and sharks, different things like that, you can literally just look uh, and pick more or less on two to six player stat projections and watch your winnings roll in. I can make my picks in less than a minute. I actually did that today um, for a couple of different Monday night football games. There are super quick withdrawals. It's easy gameplay, and there are an enormous selection of players and stat types. It's what makes Prize Picks again the number one daily fantasy sports app. And with basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. So, for example, you could take LeBron James, Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made and receptions, and you could pick more or less whether or not you thought Kelsey and James would combine for more or less three-pointers made, 10.5 uh, three-pointers made and receptions. Lots of fun going on over at Prize Picks. You can go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match up to $100. If you do do that, I would encourage you to check out some of their stuff on passing uh, for, for NFL games, whether it be for Thursday night football, Sunday night, Monday night, 
Um, I really enjoy picking more or less on the passing yards, the combined passing yards, uh, receiving yards as well. Uh, that has proven to be pretty consistent for me. So prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. That is prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, wrapping up the Monday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. If Again, if you have not subscribed to the channel or to the podcast feed, would really appreciate it if you went ahead and did that. Okay, so Kentucky basketball gets it done against Penn. 81-66 to is the final score. They shoot 50% from the floor, 40% from beyond the arc, only 50% from the charity stripe. Um, Aaron Bradshaw, uh, mainly the guilty party there, and then Antonio Reeves missing his lone free throw. Only took 10 free throws, so not a ton Not a ton of fouls um, from either team. Hey, by the way, randomly, but before we, before we talk about the solution, I think the partial solution to Kentucky's defense, this may be one of the worst officiated games I have ever seen. On both ends of the floor, it was awful. It was awful. It was really bad. This is now two games in a row where you have seen some bad Sorry, officiating. Clean it up. Uh, there's nothing any of us can do. We're we're all at the mercy of the whistle at at different points in our in our own lives. But it, clean it up. It, th- this this was egregious. It, it was just they missed travels. They let each other physically beat the snot out of each other. The Sp- Spinoso kid got hacked all game and he only took five free throws which shocks me looking at the box score Kentucky also in that first half was getting beaten to death at the rim and the refs were just like okay whatever just ooh, just not not a not a good look not a good look I'll tell you what is a good look though is Kentucky may be finding some more stability down low and I think that's where you will see some slight improvement and this is not a revelation but I think the, the partial solution to Kentucky fixing their defense is for them to get Uganda Onyenzo back. And I understand that we're probably not going to get Zvonimir Ivasic. We did an episode about that recently. A lot of people saw it. Don't know why, but a lot of people did. Um, but Onyenzo, I have continued to say, project, guess, speculate, whatever you want to call it, that he's going to be Kentucky's best defensive prospect that they have. He's going to be their best defensive player. And I stand by that. I stand by that. Probably going to get him back within a couple of weeks at the most. I don't think we're going to see him this weekend against North Carolina. Probably not going to see him against Louisville. Illinois State, maybe. We'll see what happens there. But Kentucky, to get a third player in that center rotation to get a third player now to go alongside Mitchell and Bradshaw and for it to be the physically most aggressive and the and whenever whenever I say the heaviest I don't mean you you understand what I'm saying he's like 240 pounds as opposed to Aaron Bradshaw who is like 225 and then Trey Mitchell who's 230 He's probably got 10 to 15 pounds on the next player, uh, next closest uh, front court player that Kentucky's operating with. I think he's going to help some things out there at the rim. Now, the way Kentucky likes to play defense, I think, is also not helping their cause 
at the rim because I would love to see, would love to see whoever is in at center not consistently get pulled away from the basket for an assignment. If a seven-footer or a a big man for the opposing team that can't shoot is electing to waddle outside and kind of push and pull and kind of get different matchups going where they can get to the rim or they can uh, find somebody cutting to the rim while your big man is away, um, let's stop doing that. Let's run something. Let's run something different, please. Let's run some type of zone. Let's run a two. Th- let's let's do something where you will consistently find the man that you want in the paint. In the paint, I don't understand some of the decisions uh, defensively that are being made uh, with Kentucky's roster. But you know what? It's not a complete and total failure on the defensive end. Fifty fourth nationally in adjusted efficiency is not bad. Certainly not bad, um, but it's not where I think Kentucky could be. You got on Yenzo getting him back and getting him physically ready to, I don't think, dominate, but I think give the Wildcats some consistency there will be nice. It'll be refreshing. So if you've got any thoughts on Kentucky basketball's defense, on their front court, on how they look, how they looked against Penn, you can leave all of that in the YouTube comments below. And I think that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore. And you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave those in the YouTube comments below. Hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Have a great rest of your day. And God bless. Oh,